last week we started chapter 2, Peter had finished his text of the glory of God which was revealed at the transfiguration as manifesting the truth of Christ and that He is the Son of God, the glory of God, the express image of His person. That's what we preach, Christ and Him crucified. And I do covet your prayers. But we see when he began the second chapter, he talked about false prophets. Because as we live in this world, since the time that Satan beguiled Eve and Adam rebelled, we have been under the influence of sin and death. We're dead in trespass and sin until God gives us life. When God gives us life, that comes by His Spirit. It comes no other way than by His Spirit. But God uses His Gospel to call us to conversion, to, to, to teach us of the glory of Jesus Christ, to bring the life and immortality to light, that we may see it and know it and have peace. And Satan tries to devour whom he can. John said, Antichrist shall come and are here. And we always go back to the beginning when Satan beguiled Eve for the first Antichrist. Paul says they were there among the people of the day of Israel. They're here today. And unless the Lord comes back today, they will be here tomorrow because that's what Satan does is try to take the joy from a child of God. He knows full well he cannot take you from the hand of God. He knows full well that every child of God has eternal life which is purchased in the blood of Christ, which is the most powerful thing we can imagine, the blood of the Lamb. It saved us from our sin. It destroyed He who had the power of death, and that is Satan. And this doctrine that we teach, this biblical doctrine is from God. Satan seeks to distort that. And I've made mention through this the whole time. We may get to the text. I don't know, but we've make mention of this all the time, this day in which we live and the way things are manifested around us and the influence of Satan in the world, the way this nation and this republic is fallen, the way our society is brought down. Make, make mention of this. It all comes through what we are taught. And when we're taught lies and false doctrine, and we're taught a God that cannot save, who needs a God that cannot save? Our God created heaven and earth. We don't need someone to tell us that because God writes it upon our heart. But the Gospel and the preaching of the Gospel manifests that to us, brings it to light. And through that we have peace and we have knowledge. And He talks about, we talked about last week, the angels that sinned and Satan and how in spite of Satan's rebellion, and all the power which He had that God created, when He created Him, He gave Him that power is what I'm trying to say. In spite of all that, in spite of the rebellion of the angels that followed Satan and left their first habitation, left their service of God, as Satan desiring to be as God's Himself, the same doctrine they preach to us as they preach to Adam, you can be a God, you can become a God. God has made you to where you can be a God. Foolish, foolish, gibberish. And it's a shame, but through the influence of Satan, many people are carried 
away in that. Now, with that said, he gave an example of how God, even though Satan and the angels had sinned against God and sought to destroy us, how God works with His people. He never leaves. He never forsakes His people. How He carries them. How He holds those angels in the darkness of hell until the day of the judgment when they shall be cast into the lake of fire. And then He told us about the days of Noah. How that when the world was such a sinful place that it grieved God. It repented the Lord that He made man upon the earth. This was no surprise to God. God knew this was going to come. That's why we find that God made covenant before the world to save those the Father gave to the Son. You cannot get around the election of grace. That is the purpose of all things created. But we see that when God had moved Noah, that God spoke to Noah because he found grace in the eyes of God. We see where he moved in to prepare the ark. It took him 120 years to build it. And when that ark was completed... Bear this in mind, brethren. It was built exactly the way God told him to build it, just as the church is to be built today. We want to wonder about why the church is in the situation it is when so many under influence of Satan have sought to change it and distort it and make it better. It's become corrupted except for what God sustains in this world. Just as God kept His people in grace, when He bound those angels, God kept His people in grace when He destroyed everything that had the breath of life in it from off the face of the earth. And then we see Sodom and Gomorrah. We mentioned that last week. I want, you know, people talk about that one sin. Let's go to Ezekiel 16 and compare the sins that God said that Sodom had. Sodom, one of the cities mentioned. And let's compare that to this nation in which we live today. Let's bring this down to brass tacks. Let's understand why our nation is crumbling and falling apart because we have turned away from the Lord. And I'm going to say this. The buck stops here. God's not concerned with the wicked. God's concerned with His people. And Satan is going forth preaching false doctrine and as hard as it is to say and and accept and you wish it were not, but we know that it is because it's evident many of God's children are deceived. They won't be deceived finally and forever when the Lord appears in the eastern sky or at some point between life and death they'll be born of the Spirit of God. They'll know the truth in God's Word and they will give all praise and glory to God because nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. while they live in this world and it's manifested, especially in this republic in which we live, how they suffer because they're turned aside after false gods. Ezekiel 16. Uh, let me go to verse 48. As I live, said the Lord God, Sodom thy sister hath not done, she nor her daughters, as thou hast done. Behold thy daughters. Verse 49. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. These are the sins of Sodom. You compare that to this country. Pride, the pride of life, what we are, what caused Adam to fall. The day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt be as God's. Eve was beguiled. You can't blame it on Eve. God did not make covenant with Eve. God made covenant with Adam. Adam, the Bible does not say, was beguiled. He rebelled. 
against God. Thou shalt be as gods. Pride. And that's not all of it. Fullness of bread and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. So we see they had pride. They had fullness of bread. Everything they needed was there, like us in this nation today. Our homeless people, our poor, are obese because we have so much in this land that God has blessed us with. This is their sin. They were destroyed as an example to us. We need to heed these things. It's not going to put us in heaven. It's not going to keep us from immortal glory. But while we live in this temporal world, which is abounding with sin and death, it benefits us greatly to heed these things and follow the way that Christ teaches us to live, being His creation, new creatures in Him, being His children. Idleness. Pride. We're so great a nation, so great a people. We've got everything we need. We've got bread at our fingertips. We've got the garlics, leeks, and onions from Egypt. We've got the finest foods and drinks and everything God blesses us with to the point that we worship it and to the point that we've taken it for granted. They were idle. What does that mean? That means they did not strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. What does the Bible teach us to do? James said, pure and undefiled religion before God the Father in this to visit the widows and the fatherless, the fathers and fatherless and the widows in their affliction. We are to love those that are without. We're even told to love our enemies. Now, I love my wife as my wife. I love you as my brethren. We're not to love the ungodly as our wife or our brethren or even our immediate family. There is a love that's in fellowship in Christ there, but we're told to love our enemies. How do we love them? If they're hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them to drink. If they're naked, clothe them. What is He condemning them for here? They did not strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. I do thank God that there are still enough people in this republic which God has so richly blessed. It's said to be one of the most uh, charitable nations when people are in need to send things to people. But even at that, if we look of ourselves, we fall so very short. This is one of their sins. They didn't strengthen the hand of the poor of the needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Every time I read that, I think about the man over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 was not taken in adultery. It wasn't fornication. He took his mother's wife. That is incest. And he was... Paul said he would be turned out of the church. Now before we judge harshly, we need to go to 2 Corinthians and see where he was brought back into the church because God gave him repentance. Make that point. But the point being made here is the sin that people did, and that's why I bring up 1 Corinthians 5. It was not just the sin that he committed. It's that they were haughty in it. They were proud of it. They didn't care. They justified it. We'll get into some more of that when we get back into Peter. Does that not make you see the shape of our republic today? Now moving on. We're proud of our sin. Our government is proud of our sin. Uh, Let me move. Verse 7, 
as he destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and again, that's temporally here, destroyed them as an example to those who should come after, and delivered just Lot. And delivered. That's the purpose of all three of these. It's for us to be taught of what went before, of the glory of the Son of God, who is the express image of the person of God, the brightness of His glory, the surety of salvation, the surety of David, the sure mercies of David upon God's children. God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. No matter what happens in this world, no matter what doctrine is taught, no matter how dark this world gets, no matter what, who, or how, God is with His people. We find and delivered just Lot. That does not mean just, meaning Lot only. That means He was a just man in the eyes of God. He was a child of God, born of the Spirit of God. He was justified in Christ who would at some later point from here come into the world to save His people from their sins. How can man, a worm, be just? Asked Job. There is only one way. Christ Jesus. That's why we preach Christ and Him crucified. You don't have the goodness of the minister. You don't have the goodness of the church. You don't have anything other than Christ and Him crucified. He delivered just Lot. Now watch this. Who was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. We live in this world... It's dark. It's vile. In my 64 years, it seems to have gotten worse. I know sin has been sin since sin entered the world and death by sin. And a lie is a sin just as murder is. And one sin is not greater than the other other than the fact that mine are worse than yours because I own mine. But we live in a world... God reveals Himself to us. He writes His law upon our inward parts. We strive to seek after God. When we see what is manifest around us, we see the things people do and say and how they live. Governments of men persecuting the children of God and the church. It vexes our soul. You think about Lot walking and all that we just read about in Ezekiel 16. You could see one of us getting up in the morning and uh, we used to get up and watch the news and drink coffee at 6 o'clock to get ready to go to work. By the time you got ready to go to work, you're already disgusted. Your soul is already vexed at the shape of the world, the condition of mankind, and how we dwell or what we dwell in and around. But you see, that's the message. God said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Christ died for you. You're in the hand of Christ. You're in the hand of the Father. My sheep hear my name. They know my voice. That is you. For that righteous man, Lot, dwelling among them, in seeing the world and what transpires and hearing all that goes on. And let's keep it in context. In hearing the false doctrine from false apostles. 
and how popular they are. I bid you, if you can stomach it, if you've got access to the internet, get on there and look up some of these prosperity preachers, and I forget what their name is called. They usually have the word of life somewhere in there, something similar to it. Look at some of these people and how they teach and how they preach. You will not hear very much about the Lord Jesus Christ. They're all telling you how to live in this world and how to better yourself in this world and how to take care of you and yourself. And they smile and they claim to heal and they claim to do all these things that they do, telling you they have the power of the apostles. Let me tell you something, brethren. The power God gave the apostles died with the apostles. We're the household of faith. We don't need these powers. We believe because Christ dwells within us. We're born of the Spirit of God, and faith is the fruit of the Spirit. These people, Peter is going to tell us, they are evil. And hearing that doctrine, and hearing what comes forth from that doctrine vex the righteous soul of Lot as it vexes your righteous soul as you walk in this world today seeking after God. I have seen so many people that would go from here to there and here to there, from church to church, trying to seek and find the truth in God. They had a fish fry last week at Beulah. I met a couple that's been going there for some time. Josh had told me about them. I thought they were fairly young from the way he talked, but the man's hair's whiter than mine. He said, you know, I've been an old Baptist all my life, but didn't know it till we got here in Leeds at Beulah and we found this place. He said, I'm home. I love it. I've been looking for it all my life. Point being, many people are looking. And they're deceived by these people who preach for their own belly and their own money Heard one of them the other day make a statement, don't you ever stop tithing, okay? Now there's, a, there's, there's ways to use our money that God tells us, which is the Christian way, to take care of the poor and needy, to take care of widows in need, and to help keep the church up. Light bills, such things as that. But when somebody's going to tell you to send in their money and live in a $7 million house, there's something wrong there. That's not a shepherd of God. That is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Now he says for that righteous man, speaking of Lot, dwelling among them and seeing and hearing these things, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. You go back to Genesis 19 that we covered last week. Lot hesitated to come out of that. Too many of God's children hesitate to come out of that. Maybe they were brought up in it. Maybe they just saw the truth. Maybe they don't leave family, friends, politics, or whatever. But I want you to know this back over there. The angel took them by the hand this is the surety of Christ and led them out of that city before God destroyed it that's Christ working Okay, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly who was that? God's children the godly the elect of God the ones that God chose in Christ, Ephesians 1 and 4, before the foundation of the world. The ones the Father gave to the Son, John 6, who He will raise up at the last day. Every chosen child, the election of grace. That's what that's all about. Israel hath not obtained it, 
The election hath obtained it. And do not forget the purpose of the election of grace. And that is for the glory of the living Son of God who laid the glory of the Godhead aside and came to this world, was made flesh and dwelt among us and show, show and reveal to these men, those twelve apostles, that He was God in the flesh. And they penned these words and handed it down to us and we're to preach it and we're to teach it and we're to rejoice in it, and we're to live in it. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve... Watch this. Watch this. It ain't fair. The Lord don't hate anybody. Beg your pardon. Jacob have I loved... Yet Esau have I hated. It ain't fair. No, it ain't about fairness. It's about the glory of God, the will of God, and the purpose of God who created all things. It ain't fair that God saves us because we deserve sin and death and hell. But it's in the righteous purpose of God that He has that we would worship and praise the eternal Son of God. But He knows how to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. People get so confused on Scripture, they need to sit down and pray and read. Perhaps God would reveal truth to them. If God does not reveal it, you're not going to have it. You're not going to know it. You're going to be carried away in the winds of doctrine. I'll say it again. I believe every child of God has the ability to hear and understand the Scripture, but our nature being what it is, if God did not sustain a people, there would be no people. He holds them for the judgment. People get confused. He says, because you visited me in prison and fed me and clothed me. Well, see, they worked their way there. No, they did not. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. They fed Him. They clothed Him. They gave Him drink by doing it to the least of these, His brethren. And they did it because God worked that work in them. Those who did not do it are left in their own state of nature, care absolutely nothing about the poor or anybody else than themselves. God left them right where they were, fallen in Adam. Don't talk about fair. You talk about the purpose of Almighty God in Christ. And then He tells us some about who they are. Now this is going to go through, and I'm going to try to finish here, but I'm not going to finish the whole thing. We're going to talk about this false doctrine and we're going to eventually come down to new heavens and a new earth. So bear in mind, this is dealing with the world and what's in the world for a child of God. Verse 10, But chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness. This is not talking about those that are out in the world manifesting themselves as the seed of evil. This is not talking about those who 
attack and kill God's people, whether it be someone of Islam or whatever, or criminals on the streets. This is not talking about those who show forth that they are the seed of Satan, mentioned in Genesis 3, plainly manifesting, plainly seeing that they are not God's people. They're not given to Christ. They will never be God's people. They'll never be born of the Spirit. This is not talking about them. This is talking about people. And I'll prove this to you if I ever get through with it. This is talking about people who claim to be God's children. This is talking about people that John said that Antichrist shall come and are here. They were part of us. But they're not part of us. They proved that, this is my words, when they left us. This is talking about people who would have you to believe and lead you to believe that they are religious, that they love God, but yet they promote themselves, they seek to feed their belly with dollar bills and all the things of the world and deceive God's children. Okay? Chiefly, them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Okay, let's rightly divide the word of truth. They walk after the lust of the flesh. That does not just mean intimacy. That means the things that the world has to offer that Satan uses to tempt and devour a child of God. A man who comes to preach you the Gospel, who is sent from God, is going to tell you Christ and Him crucified. Your life, your creation, your salvation, your hope of glory, your standing in heaven in a mortal glory, your joy for eternity, everything that you have is in Christ and Him crucified. These people seek after the things of the world. They live in $7 million houses. I'll get on the internet and find them. And they have fences around them with barbed wire and razor wire like a prison to keep people out. Because, what's the Bible say? The wicked fleeth when none pursueth because they live in fear someone wants to take what they have robbed from God's people. Them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness, we see that from time to time being manifested and it's washed away and it's not revealed for very long and despise government. Okay, what's What's government? Dominion is what the word means. Dominion. Dominion of mother and father over children. Dominion of a teacher in a classroom, a godly teacher. 
the dominion of a principle, the dominion of law and order in the world, the dominion of powers and principalities, governments that God created, the dominion of the good angels who God elected and kept, and contrary to those who fell, dominion over, including dominion of God over creation, including dominion of Christ over the church, for He is the head of the church. They despise these things. They don't want to have anyone telling them what they can or cannot do. There's no right. There's no wrong. Do what feels good to every man like in Judges. They all did what they all thought was right. What was right in every man's eyes. This is who God is speaking about. They are teaching false doctrine, the ones He's speaking of, primarily those that preach lies, antichrist, false prophets. Presumptuous are they. They stand daringly before God. I watched a thing the other night. I ought to call names, but I'm not. Y'all got enough sense to know. Standing there declaring he had the power of God and that he was God and he could heal men of their sins. God forbid what blasphemy. But they, these people have the daringness of that. They're presumptuous. They're self-willed. They're not seeking the righteous will of God, but they're seeking the will of man, of their own hearts. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Dignities. So many people want to make that our government. And y'all know how I feel about our government. The word dignities means glorious ones. They do not hesitate to speak evil of the fallen angels or Satan. They do not hesitate to speak evil of the angels that are called good angels that God elected in His four omniscience, foreknowledge, God elected and kept as He has kept His people from falling. They're not afraid to speak evil of them. They're not afraid to speak evil of Moses and Aaron and all of those that were before us that God brought forth from the nation of Israel and the leaders of Israel. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, because we know that angels are greater than men, they're stronger than men, they're wiser than men, they're mightier than men. We talked about Satan last week. We covered the Scripture how they're fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, out of the Garden of Eden. Satan was created in this world. A cherub of God, Ezekiel 28, perfect in His ways. In the day He was what? Created. He's not eternal. God created Him. And the angels that followed them. 
angel stronger would devour us. One angel destroyed 120,000 in one night. One angel. And we're talking about multitudes. Do you see how God keeps us and has kept us and His providence is in our life and will be until this world is no more? Whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusation against them, dignities before the Lord, we think about, as Jude says, in about verse 8, 9, or 10, when Michael, the archangel, contended with Satan about the body of Moses. Now, he did not threaten him. This is an example to me, okay? This is my hard police heart. It's an example to me. He didn't say, I'm going to kill you. He didn't say, I'm going to cast you in hell. He didn't tell him what a low down thing he was. He said, the Lord rebuked thee. The Lord rebuked thee. Do you know who Michael is? He's the archangel of God. I believe what I'm about to tell you. Sylvester Hassel believes what I'm about to tell you. The archangel Michael is actually Christ because he is the archangel who will sound the last trump and the dead come forth the grave. He's the mighty chief of the angels. And if Christ Himself says the Lord rebuke thee, then that's quite enough for us. Did not bring railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these beings, false prophets, as natural brute beasts. There is a verse of Scripture in Ecclesiastes. The spirit of a man goeth up, the spirit of the beast returneth to the earth. The spirit of man goeth up to the Lord, returns to the Lord who made it. Why? Why is that so? Because a beast is a beast of the earth. As much as I love my critters, they were made critters. God made them on the sixth day. Everything made up until the point of man was made for the use of man and man made for the use of God. We have dominion over all things. When that animal dies, there's not a place prepared in heaven for it. It's an animal of the earth. But when a man, a child of God dies, the Spirit returns to God who gave it. Because they're made for the Lord. Even though the body sins and must die, the Spirit never dies. It returns to God who gave it and it's forever with the Lord. Now, these are His natural brute beasts. They're not going to the Lord made to be taken and destroyed. Again, listen to the world, that's not fair. God forbid. 
It's not about fair. It is about the glory of God. All men sinned in Adam. Sin and death passed upon all, each and every one. I heard Brother uh, Fuller say many times, if babies are not sinners, then why do they die? Because the wages of sin are death. When a sinful man and a sinful woman come together, they breed, they conceive. Sin! We come forth in the womb. Sin! They're meant to be taken and destroyed because God is going to judge sin. Those that are left in their own state of nature, depart from Me, ye accursed. Into everlasting fire, as we said last week, prepared for the devil and his angels. You cannot deny hell. Hell, God is glorified in destroying the wicked. And hell is going to be just as eternal as glory is in heaven. And that is of necessity. But there will not be anyone God gave to the Son, don't care who they are, male, female, whatever race, don't care what they've done, that will ever taste the lake of fire. Because Christ died for them. And you can take that to the bank. Let the bank fail. That's true. They're made to be taken and destroyed. And they speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. He's talked about the angels. They do not understand the angels. I've been kicked off uh, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, all of them. Because when you get on there and you start talking to people about Christ, you make a lot of enemies real fast. Uh, you comment on things and, and people get angry. They get angry. They don't understand. Now, a lot of God's children do not understand because of false prophets. But at some point between conception and death, God will write His law on their heart. They will know. They will not fall away. They will not descend into hell. They'll go to the grave. But when they die, just like the thief on the cross, there was Christ in paradise that day. A lot of God's children suffer in this world because they're not taught. They're not taken to church. They don't sit under preaching. They don't sit under prayer. They don't sing hymns. Talking to my sister the other day about one of my brothers that passed last year. Lost both of them in ten days. The second one to die. Never went to church. Was never taken. Didn't know if there was a God or not until later in his life. And he began to confess that there was a God and that he loved God and that God would judge the wicked. Because God reveals that to His people before they die. They speak evil of the things that they understand not. If a child of God is not taught, even though he's quickened of the Spirit and given life, his nature will draw him away when he hears things pleasing to the flesh 
or would give you the satisfaction that you believe that you control your destiny. Let me tell you something. I've lived long enough to know that if I control my destiny, I'll be burning in hell. If I control my destiny, I'd have been shot a long time ago or turned a police car over chasing somebody and been dead, dead, dead. It's the grace of God and it's the providence of God in Christ and Him crucified that we have the Lord's tender mercies and that we're not overthrown and overtaken. But they don't have that. They do not understand it. And they shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Some of these people I'm telling you about live in such houses that cover a city block. Millions and millions of dollars just in their house. Who knows how much money they have fleeced from innocent widows who are weak in the knowledge and they prey upon them and they take their money when they have very little to start with. They shall perish in their own corruption. As it was said of the man who built more barns, thy fool this night shall thy soul be required of thee. And then whose things shall these be? We can't take it with us. It's not going to buy anything good and it's not giving them to know anyway. They shall perish in their own corruption. And they shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. That scares me to death. If I, my prayer daily is, Lord, please do not give me over to my own devices. But that's part of the reward of their own unrighteousness. Where there is sin, there is recompense. That is a word of God. It may be a chasing on the back. It may be a prison sentence. It may be a death. It may be God, if it's a child of God, putting godly sorrow in you to bring you to repentance. Lord, I'm sorry I've done this. I'm sorry I turned to my way. Please take this from me for I cannot cast it aside. And God does that. They shall perish in their own corruption. Receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. You know, you look around. Lord, I never thought I'd see in this country what I've seen the last three years. The burning cities. Uh, using the bathroom, the street. Burning buildings down, tearing stuff down, robbing, killing one another. You look at France, they're burning it now. You wouldn't thought you'd have seen these things. These people take great pride and pleasure in this. They take pleasure in it. Now time out, let me give you something to think about. In Genesis 6, the world was so corrupted that it pleased God to destroy man and deliver Noah. Okay? 
In the time Christ was born in the world, the fullness of the time, the Jews were so sinful and so self-righteous and also so afflicted and persecuted. It's called the fullness of the time. And God sent His Son, a Deliverer. How much more wicked is this world going to be? We don't know. But I do believe the time draws nigh. And I do believe we ought to rejoice in that. And I do believe we ought to look for that and pray, come quickly. Lord Jesus, God's not going to leave us. God's not going to forsake us. If He's going to keep us in this world through all these things we're reading about, He's certainly not going to let us go at the end. He says, they shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to write in the daytime spots they are and blemishes on you, on your righteous linen. The fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. He's talking about false prophets. When we're gathered together in the righteousness of God, the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ, and these false prophets are leading astray with God's children and teaching them lies and all the things that they do to lead them aside and consume them. As we mentioned last week, their merchandise to be bought and sold to the devil, to bring them down in this world, not in glory, but in this world, to seek whom He may devour, to cause you misery, to deny God to you that you can't see the glory of God, that you can't see the glory of Christ, that you can't realize that Christ is the Creator of heaven and earth. Why did the religion of evolution come along? Even the man that started it later denied it. But Satan pushes it and Satan pushes it. Now it's taught in school. You see, that's Satan. That's Satan. There's spots, dirt, spots. They are blemishes. You are without spot, without blemish in the eye of God. These are spots temporally and blemishes temporally on you. Sporting, catch that word. Happy, lying, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Put this with Paul's and Timothy. Evil men seducers waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Paul's answer is continue in the things which thou hast learned. What have they learned, brethren? Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not this wimpish, hippie-looking man begging you to come to God. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He has cleansed you. He has brought you to God. He has delivered you from sin and death. He delivers you daily in this world. And He will deliver you to heaven and to immortal glory. It's the last day. He's talking about false prophets. He's talking about preaching true gospel. Somebody says, well, you ought not talk about people like that. Can I be brazen enough to boldly teach Scripture? 
Because Scripture dictates what we're saying. They shall be cast into the lake of fire. They are wicked. They are enemies of God. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, you want to know, we're going to get down here in a, in a bit next week or the week after, we're going to talk about them returning to their sins again. And it's awful easy to think he's talking about a child of God who has turned from sin and returned to sin. And truth be known, if it was used as that, I wouldn't say much about it because it would fit it very well. But scripturally speaking, it's talking about these false prophets that Peter's talking of. Watch this and don't, don't let loose of it. Having eyes full of adultery constantly, they cannot cease from sin. While a child of God being born of the Spirit walks through this world, we are sinners as long as we live in this body. Christ is our propitiation. He's our mercy seat. While we live in this body, we fight sin. Romans 7, it's not I that do it, this sin that doeth in me. What I want, I do not. What I do not want, that I do. It's not I, but sin that dwelleth in me. And we fight that sin daily. But we have a ceasing from sin. The Spirit of God is within you. And the Spirit of God keeps you battling against this sin. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We're not like those who cannot cease from sin. Even though we're sinners, even though we're born of the Spirit of God, we still battle sin. These people do not. So you understand he's not talking about God's children. Having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls. Unstable souls. Weaker children of God who have not been taught or cannot see or understand the truth fully or as much as others. Beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices. These are the false prophets. Cursed children. And that's not children of God. That's children of man. We're going to stop on that and take up there next week and talk about Balaam. And come down to the third chapter eventually talking about our home in heaven and immortal glory wherein dwelleth righteousness and in it will come, believe me.